That's Kishmar. That's Kishmar. That's a Dafyomi story. Good evening. We're learning Masechah's Tainus Dafyomi test, starting at a new parak at the bottom of Yud Ches and the base, the famed story tonight of Choni Hamagel or Hashem. Uh, it's going to be in this Mishnah. As you can see, the Mishnah starts on the bottom of Yud Ches and the and the Chaste Hashem Kilo Samnu Kilo Chalurachamav. It goes down about three fourths of the page. I'm just a happy camper. David and I have spoken about this. Anyone who teaches anything about Mishnahis loves long Mishnahis. So it's great. This is the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone. This, this, yeah, I don't think it's the biggest, the last Mishnah we had. Last Mishnah we had was huge. All right, new Mishnah. Let's go. New Mishnah, new Perik. We're learning Perik, Seder, Tainis, Elu. And that's what the Mishnah starts with. Seder, Tainios, Elu. All the fasts that we've spoken about, three plus three plus seven in the times of a, of a drought, Berevia Ha'amur, Berevia Rishona, the ones that we're speaking of, are only talking about in regards to the lack of the first rain. The Revia Rishona is the first rain. Aval, Tzmachim Sheshanu, if it did rain and there were some gross some growths of vegetation, but Sheshanu, they didn't grow nicely. Then Masri and Alein Miyad, we don't wait at all. We instantly, because remember we saw in the previous parak that there are certain dates, 7th of Cheshvan, 3rd of all the different dates, Rosh Chodesh, none of that. We are Masri and Alein Miyad, we blow Shofar or say, Anenu uh, right away. V'chein as well, Shepasku Gshaman ben Geshem Legeshem Arbaim Yom, if there's 40 days between one rain and the next, also Masri and Alein, the second you get to day 40, we instantly are going to We'll see what this means soon. Amakas Bitsoras means that we're concerned about a food shortage. Atzara and Amakas Bitsoras, well, the Gemara will speak about this. And if the rain does come down and it grows aval, lo, Yardu Le'ilan, the rain comes down and it helps vegetation to grow, but it doesn't help trees to grow. Or Le'ilan Velolitzmachim, the rain, the type of rain is good for trees, but not for, for vegetation. Lazed, rain for both trees and vegetation of but not for the cisterns that collect uh, drinking water. So then in all of those cases, Masri and Alehen Miyad, because drinking water is going to be a huge problem. Everybody always has to have drinking water. So, uh, so that's a problem. So in Flint, Michigan, they remember over a, at a time they had to filter their water. They had with, with all the lead, they had to boil their water, they had to buy bottled water, they had brought in water trucks. I mean, it was a big problem, a big problem. People lost their jobs, people lost their lives. It was very bad. So that's what the Gemara says is when there's no drinking water, Masriya and Aleyad Miyad, the second it runs out, you instantly are Masriya, you start uh, blowing shofar and fasting, whatever it is. And similarly, a city that did not get rain, uh, in contrast to its neighboring city, which did, as the Pasuk writes, on one city that get, got rain, and another city did not get rain, only one part of it got, uh, got rain, says the Gemara at the top of the Mishnah, at the top of your Testament, the city that has no rain, so they're going to be Misana, they're going to fast, and they're going to be Misras, they'll be Masri, in. And the cities that surround it, the immediately surround, immediate surrounding cities, they are also part of this because any tzara that that inner city is having, the outer city is going to have as well. All of the, the supply in the, in the market is all comparable. But it's not as severe as the city itself. So the surrounding cities are not Masriya. Rabbi Kiva reversed it for the surrounding cities. Omer, Masriya's Philomisanos, that they do truas, but they don't do the fasting. And similarly, if it's a city that has some type of destruction or if the buildings are falling down, that might have been the din in, in Lahore and Surfside. There might have been such a halacha that if a building should have fallen, so then 
again, if this Mishnah is, is the Halacha, and it is, in fact, quoted in Tor Shulchan Aruch, so maybe it is the Din, then Misa'an and Misrast, and one should have to fast, and one should have to blow Shofar, and the surrounding cities, in the case of Dever or Mapolis, would be Misa'anos, they'd fast, but they wouldn't have the Truos. Rabbi Kiva argues here again, as he did in the previous uh, section of the Mishnah, Omer, it's the reverse, where we do the Truos, but we don't do the fasting. What is the definition of dever, the type of destruction that, that hits a city that we just spoke about? So there are 500 people there. It's really not people. This is referring to able-bodied men. Uh, so separate of wives and children and, and people who are older. There are three people who die over the course of three days. That's the parameters of dever. The second that happens, then a city is obligated. A city is then obligated to uh, to fast. Yeah. Almost, almost, almost a prototype. Yeah. Well, it's not. It doesn't say that. It says dever, which is a little. It's a little harder to translate, but yeah, it's a. But that's how we define it. It doesn't matter what we define it as in English. You can call it a plate. You can call it whatever you want. The halachic definition is three deaths in a row. So, lechora, there should have been a day of fasting in Asra. Oh, yeah. And even if you look at it from a narrow city, city scope, we had that. Chicago, big as it is, go, you want to go by zip code. How did the post come look at that? It's a good question. I don't know how they would look at it. Even within zip code, if you have a bigger zip code like we do, 60645 or 76 or 77, whatever it is. It's, it, zip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, at the peak, I, I mean, I had friends in my in my orbit who told me that every day they were getting multiple death notices in, in like major metropolitan New York cities. Yeah, so the Chora, if that's true, Hirschweyer, I didn't even think about the application, though I should have, it would easily trigger, seemingly trigger this halacha. Pachos Mikan, if the deaths are smaller in number than that or in frequency, Ein Zedeve. Al Elu Masriin Bechol Makom, and the following, where Masriya, no matter what, Al Hashidafon, this is something that destroys crops, as Rashi says, Vala Yurakon. We've learned about this disease, it's something in the, in the urinary tract of some kind. Um, it's an illness. These are different types of locusts that destroy things. On wild animals, I should say, on evil animals, on bad animals, and on swords. Because it's continuous and we need to interrupt whatever process is going on. Maisa, there was a story, 12 lines down in the Mishnah, Yotesim at Aleph. Maisa, Shiyardu Zikanim Yerushalayim La'arehem. Begazur Tainis Al Shinira Kimelo Pitanur Shidafon Be'ashka Ashkelon. They saw only what looked like a Pitanur worth of uh, Shidafon. They saw this certain type of plague, the certain type of uh, negative uh, effect in, impacting the crops, and they instantly went into their mode of exera. Um, that's what they, it was a very small amount. An awful story where a, a ze'ev, where a wolf killed uh, two children, consumed two children. And Rabbi Yossi Omer, it, it doesn't even have to be that far. I got a picture uh, yesterday from today, yesterday from someone that they thought that maybe they saw a wolf here in Chicago, in a suburb in Chicago. It's my, today I got it. That's why they sent it, I'm sure, because it was doctrinally related. But maybe we should say that Lechorah, that's the case. So that's uh, okay. how the Gemara concludes this section of the Mishnah. We're about a third of the way down, eight lines before the wide lines. Al-Elu Masrin B'Shabbos, we saw this Gemara out of context a little bit earlier. That the following are scenarios where we are Masriya B'Shabbos, Al-Irshi Kifuah where you're surrounded by uh, by uh, unfriendly neighbors, O-Nahar, uh, or if there's a flood, Be'al-Hasfina Hamitarefes Be'am, if you see a ship that is uh, starting to uh, to sink in the water, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Lazar V'lo 
that you're allowed to ask for help, but you should not be doing tzaka. We saw earlier in Rashi, earlier in the Masechda, when this Gemara was brought up, that Shabbos is not a time to ask for bakashos. Obviously, this is a scenario that isn't pikuach nefashos, because forget that, forget you, storming the heavens, you do whatever you need to do when there's pikuach nefashos. Obviously, tefillah should be a part of that. Shemana temani omer afala dever velohodu lochachamim, that Shemana temani wanted to say that you should even be masriya on Shabbos for dever. The chachamim didn't agree. And then the Mishnah continues, al kol tzara shelotavu ala tzibor, for all of the terrible things that might happen to the tzibor, masriya and alay, and here's what they are. Uh, here, well, we, we are masriya on all of them. Chutz meirov geshamim. Uh, except for when there is a lot of uh, a lot of water by rain that we don't complain you don't want to complain about too much of a good thing and here comes the famous story halfway down three lines before mm-hmm. the wide lines maise excuse me there was a story where they told Choni Amagel, he's Palel Shiar Dugeshamim. You know how to daven, as the Mishnah will soon say he was a Ben Bias by Kodesh Baruch Hu. Please help us to get some rain. Last short line Take, Go get your ovens that you use for Pesach. So they had a Pesach oven and they kept it away from the regular oven so no one would use it, but they kept it outside. But okay, but now you got to bring it inside. We don't want it to get ruined. Uh, and basically, he was showing a confidence that he knew that he was going to be able to make it rain. So says the Gemara, he's palel velo yardu geshamim. He davened and expected, as we should sometimes, that Hashem will answer our tefillos, but he didn't uh, get the rain that he wanted. Oh, so Ma'asa, what did he do? Og uga, he drew a circle, ve'amad besocha, and stood in the middle. Ve'amar lefanov, and he said to HaKadosh Baruch Ribbono shalolam, banecha samu your children, they put their faith in me. Because they know that I'm a regular by you. I make a shvua, said Choni Amagel, that in your name, Hashem, with your great name, I am not leaving here until you show rachamim on your children and make it rain. So says the Mishnah, then all of a sudden it started to drizzle. Amar, oh, there, here's the brazenness of Choni Amagel. Lokach shalti. That, that's not what I asked for. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Like sometimes at work, you like have to ask your boss for something. They say, yes, you're like, well, I did. what I meant was, so he says, Mamish Ba'azus Panim, Azus de Kedusha, Amar Lokach Shalti, Elagishme Boros Shichinumaros. I need enough to fill up the cistern for drinking water. So he's Chilu Lered Bizav, then a Kadosh Baruch Hu, just a total downpour. Then he pushes back again. Amar Lokach Shalti, come on, that's not what I asked for either. You know what I'm looking for. Elagishme Ratzon Bracha Unadava. Give me what's reasonable, a normal gazunt rain, but nothing that's crazy, just regular rain. I'm not asking for anything special. So it started really a regular rain, but it was a regular rain for a long time. And the water started to pile up a little bit and it was kind of raising a little bit. And what do you do when there's a lot of rain? You seek higher ground. They came over to Choni Amagel and they said, just like you pushed back on a Kaddish Baruch Hu to give you the right kind of rain, to give you rain and then the right kind of rain. You should also make a bracha that you should dab into a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that they should go away. I will not do that. So this literally trends is go out and, and see what the Evanatoin is. The Evanatoin is a place where someone would stand when they wanted to make an announcement. But the Mephorshim say he was pushing them away and saying, I will not ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu this question. But that bothered, uh, as we'll soon see, that bothered Shimon ben Shetach. Why did it bother Shimon ben Shetach? Because what did we see? What did we see that Choni Amagel did when he didn't like the rain? He pushed back. So why isn't he pushing back here? 
So it says the Gemara, the Mishnah, four lines before the Mishnah. It's actually not a Mishnah because the, that Masnison shouldn't be there. But anyways, before that bolded word, If not for the fact that you are Choni Hama'agel, I would make you into, a, in, in, into an excommunicated person because you had no problem pushing against the drizzle. You had no problem pushing against the torrential rains. And here, all of a sudden, you're not helping us. What's the problem? You get to do something wrong before Hashem and Hashem embraces you. No problem at all. Parents love their children so much. You're a regular. You're an insider. Very good. That, that your parents, your mother and father will be happy with you with your youthful happiness. Okay. What do we, I'm just saying. It's just uh, it's a pasuk, you know. It's not a pasuk in Tanakh. It's a pasuk in Kriya Sashem. You gotta just say, it's like what's safer of Tanakh is it? It's in Kriya Sashem. I don't even know where it is. Where is it? All right, you know Mishlei by heart. I know. Yeah. So that's uh, the youthful child. Even when they kick and they scream and they color on the walls, but okay. But at the end of the day, it's my it's my little kid. So we, we try to hide the permanent markers, let them color in crayon, and then we'll paint every five years, and all will be well. The Mishnah continues. It says Masnisan, but the Mishnah continues. Let's say that a person started a fast, and then right when they started the fast, it started to rain. So it depends. If the rain started before Netzachama, so then don't finish your fast. But if the rain stops after Netzachama, so then you still need to finish your fast. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, he says that there is a distinction to be made, but the distinction isn't Netzachama. The distinction is later in the day, which is a bigger kula, which is to say that it is chatzos. Maisa, there was a story, Shegazer Tainis Belud. They made a gzeir in Lud. So let's see how we paskin now, because we saw two possibilities. Either that the line in the sand is going to be Netzachama, or the line in the sand is going to be chatzos hayom. So it says the Gemara, Amar Lehem Rabbi Tarfun. What did he say? Go out and eat, and drink, make today a yomtiv. And as Shavach for Akadosh Baruch, they got together by, by Bain Harbaim, by the evening, by Mincha time, and they said Halal Hagadol. So Halal Hagadol, in the context of Shas and Mishnais, is typically a reference to the, what we say on Shabbos. That parak of Tehillim that kind of looks part A, part B. Um, and uh, at a lot of the secular brises I do, you'll you'll see uh, the, the secular rabbi will say, Hodul Hashem Kitov, and the rest of the room will say, Kile Olam Chaso. That's not correct. Pasha, that's not true. Because, That's not the Pasuk. The Pasuk is not half a Pasuk. I've always wondered this. Why don't we, when the Chazan says, Hashem, Hashem, we should be saying that as well. We shouldn't be responding, that's the second half of the Pasuk. So, I've never asked a Shiloh. I don't know. I just always say both because I don't know because it's it's only part of the Pasuk. So similarly, we should be saying, and this is not the context here, but that's what that's what's going on here, is that they would read Halal Hagadol that brings us to the end of this lengthy Mishnah, almost an Amurin, you testament aleph, eight, nine lines Mishnah? from the bottom. What? Oh, that's Mishnah. All right. <laughs> yep, you got it. It's pretty long.
So let's dig in. Let's go back to the, to where we started. We had said in the beginning of our of our Mishnah on the bottom of Yudches and the base. We had said that all we were talking about the three fast, the three fast, and the seven fast. We're only talking about the Rivir Rishona, the first rain that we were looking forward to having. Um, but Raminhi, that doesn't work with all of the Tanoim because we have a source in the Tanoim that conflicts head to head with our Mishnah. It's only when there's the, the third rain, not the first and the second. So that's the stereo with our Mishnah. This is how we can um, how we can fix up these two Mishnayas. Uh, ours is a Mishnah. This is a, seemingly a Tosefta or a Brisa, probably a Brisa. So how do we understand it? Hachi Kamar says the Gemara, seven, eight lines from the bottom. Seder, Tiny Osa, Amor, Emosai. When we, do we talk about the three, three, and seven? That's Bizman Shiyatsa, Revia, Rishon, Vishnia, Vishlishis, Velo Yardu That's when the first three Revios are gone. And then we have to discuss uh, what are our fast days? There's been no rain yet. Aval Yardu Gashamin, Revia, Rishona. If in fact there was rain in the Revia, in that first rain that we had hoped for, there was planting, but there was no growth, or that there was growth, but then it changed, it grew incorrectly. That's our Mishnah, that's Masri and Language in our Mishnah is difficult because it's a Seder Tainios Eduham or Virishona. So obviously there has to be some changing of the language in our Mishnah for, for the answer that Rav Yehuda gives over here to be correct. Amr of Nachman Dafka Nishtanu, that's only true if it changes shape. That's when we're Masri and Aval. Yavshulo had it been completely dried out. That's not the case. There is some company that sells imperfectly shaped vegetation, vegetables. They send them to your house. What's the name of the company? Perfectly. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what it is. They sell fruits and vegetables that are in like abnormal shapes that don't make it to the shelves in most of the stores, but it tastes exactly the same. So people who want to save a buck will buy a whole box of squash and they don't look like squash. They look they look totally misshaped. So that's, I can't remember the name of it. We'll remember it in about 12 minutes. Call it out. Uh, no. Oh, not important. Let's continue. Anyways, the Gemara says that if it's completely dried out, there we're not Masrian. Says the Gemara, that should be obvious. If it's completely dried out, of course you're not Masrian. That, that's done for, it's dead. Why, what are you going to do with a dead tree? That doesn't help. Says the Gemara, Pshita, Nishtanu, it's not. The Mishnah says Nishtanu. That only means that it grows in a different shape. It doesn't look so nice, but at least it still grew. But here we're talking about dead grass. Of course, we're not going to be Masriya, says the Gemara. de Akun. We're talking about a, a case where it did grow slightly, and then it started to uh, to brown or to whiten or whatever the color of death is. That this minor growth is considered something something reasonable. That it is not. That's why the Gemara specifically had to say, that's why Rav Nachman specifically said, This brings us to the two dots toward the bottom of the page, two lines from the bottom of your testament. Let's continue. We said, if there's 40 days between two rains, we should also be Masriya. What was the Mishnah referring to when it says that there's a food shortage? It's something that will lead to it. It's not a Maka right now. Right now, you might have food on the shelves, but we're looking at the supply chain and what we're seeing is that the supply chain is going to be compromised because over here we see it's going to lead to a food shortage. And this, how do we define this? If the only way to get food is by, is by using the waterways. So you're going to put food on a boat, which for now, that's normal for us. We ship food through water all the time. We don't realize it, but a lot of our food is shipped by boat. Uh, hopefully most of our vegetation is shipped in a refrigerated boat or it's shipped by plane. So it's a little bit faster. It depends on 
on what you're selling. Some things have a great shelf life. You want to talk about sweet potatoes and you want to talk about regular potatoes. They can handle a couple of days on a boat. No big deal. So says the Gemara on the bottom of your test medal, if I'm a Rav Nachman Nara Nara, then that's called Bitsorta. That's considered to be a food shortage. However, Medinta Amedinta Kafna. If you're talking about from one Medina to another, not just a riverway between one part of one part of Bavel and another, that's only Batsores. But if you're going from Medina to Medina, like we have in our culture, this would be different now because it's like just normal for us to do that. We import and export food all the time. So then in the times of the Gemara, that was Kafna, that was considered to be uh, a total uh, a total famine. What's the definition of Kafna? Second line of Rashi all the way on the right side. Dibra Maskil Kafna, Rav, the Rav Kashimi Batsoras, Lepishi Efshar Lahabi. Uh, you can't bring Moreno Rabi. He said, you can't bring any food. There's nothing left. It's just empty. So this is worse than the, than the Batsoras. It's Mimi Medina Le Medina. Says the Gemara of Amar Abchanina, Sa'a Ushricha. If Shricha, if the food is present, but Sa'a but the market is very high, that's considered Batsorta because it's hard to pay for things. If it's Arba, uh, if it's a regular market, this was considered what their regular market was, how many how many units to the dollar? Uh, so if you have money, but there's no food to buy, that's kafna. That's even worse. It's a regular market. So let's say today, right now, the shelves are empty of toilet paper or food or whatever the necessary staple is. So that would be considered kafna. That's a worse level. All of this only makes sense when it's most bizarre, when it's easy to make money. And <laughs> fruits are expensive. Aval most be yoker if it's hard to make money, you pay resbazol, but 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 it's easy to buy fruit, then so what? Masrina let me out. Then that doesn't help because no one can afford anything. The Amar Rabbi Yochanan, I saw with my own eyes, that when I saw that the market was in a certain way, I saw that people were swollen with starvation, because no one was able to get money. So if the market is such that it's very difficult to get a job, so there's a lot of people, the unemployment rate, let's talk in our parlance, the unemployment rate is very, very high and no one's hiring. So even if there's food, so what? That's crisis mode. So then you're then you should really be davening. That's when you should be mustering. That would be the modern day application of this Gemara. So we say eight lines down in your testament base, Ilan. We had said the various different cases, the various types of rain. So it says the Gemara, and I could envision a type of rain that helps vegetation, but not trees. What type of rain is that? Where I have rain that comes in very lightly, but it's not a lot of rain. That's Mamish's, Israel's invention of the very, very slow irrigation drip hoses that let out just the perfect amount of water without wasting any water. It's great, great way. And it's made it around the world. A very clever, very clever model. Fine. So I understand how you can grow vegetation, but that amount of rain is not going to be helpful to grow a tree. Trees need copious amounts of water, and this isn't it. Says the Gemara, last short line, and I could also understand a type of rain that's very good for trees and not for vegetation. Where there is copious amounts of rain, but that's not good for vegetation because it could be, the rain could come down too hard. It's not good. It uproots the seeds. It's not good. I could also understand a type of rain where we have rain that is good both for an elan and for tzmachin, for trees and for vegetation. But not for the cisterns that hold drinking water. What would the case be? Where sometimes the rain is intense and sometimes the rain is subtle. But it's never in very high volume. That would work out. I could understand all of these cases. But here's the one case, says the Gemara, two lines into the wide lines that I don't understand. 
That which we say, um, where you have rain that does fill the cisterns for drinking water, but it doesn't provide proper rain for trees and for vegetation. What, what type of rain is that? Says the Gemara. That's when you have an, like, a, like a flash flood huge amounts of water, which will fall to the cisterns. However, it's bad both for trees and for vegetation. That's how the Gemara answers. Now we're going to learn a whole bunch of Bryces till the end of the page. We're actually going to go pretty far down on Chafam and Aleph because the story doesn't end till there. It's fast, but it's pretty far down. And then we'll stop um, basically two lines into the middle with lines on Chafam and Aleph, and then we'll stop. That'll also help us for tomorrow night, because if you take a quick peek at Chafam and Beis, uh, you'll see that uh, it's a little bit of a big page. And tomorrow is Thursday, so Chafam and Aleph is also one of our pages. We'll be spending a lot of time together. Says the Gemara, quarter of the way down, Tanu Rabban, and the rabbis have taught us in Ebrisa. Masriyan al ilanos we do daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I should say, we're Masriya when it comes to Ilanos, to trees, Biprosa Pesach, that haven't yet bloomed by Pesach. And when it comes to Alboros Vashich and Umaros, to drinking water, Afila Biprosa Chag, even by Sukkot, we're going to be concerned about that because as we mentioned, you can't be without drinking water. Under all circumstances, if there's no drinking water, Masriyan al Miyad, it's always time for a uh, for being Masriya. Be'ezehu ve... Hmm? Yeah. What? So if rain doesn't come the following circus. Previous circus. Meaning, we look at the at the year... Yeah, we're talking about... Hmm. No. Yeah, we're talking about the previous circus. I think that's a... Hmm. No, that doesn't make sense because it, it's crisis mode, right? So we're talking about not having anything to drink. I think so. Rashi says, Aval, This isn't talking about drinking water. The next part is talking about drinking water. Mm-hmm. I think you're correct, actually. Okay, so that's what the Gemara says. Uh, okay, yeah. When we say miyad, does it mean like miyad? It's 2 p.m. On a, on a Wednesday. All of a sudden we start fasting. So what does miyad mean? Says the Gemara, no, it means it starts at whatever the first Monday is that follows. So if this is a Tuesday, you're going to wait six days for your for your miyad. The miyad here, it doesn't mean instantaneously. It means a halachic miyad. And the halachic definition of miyad in this case is, is bahab. It has to make sense with what's going on in the land in which you are in, under the leadership which you are in. But you're in another city. That doesn't make sense. Your masriyan should be here. The askara, famously from the story of Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim. What about askara, that disease that can kill people? Bizman when we see that there are deaths that are taking place because of Askara, then Masriyan. It's not Stam, that just because there's a disease called Askara that everyone should be Masriyan, only when it applies. There's a certain type of locust. When we find any of it, then we should be Masriyan. is typically translated as a grasshopper. Is that what our scroll says? It's a grasshopper? Does anyone have that? Masriyan ala Chagav. Okay, that's what it says here. The note says, Rabbi considers even the slight of a few Chagav locusts 
So they're destructive grasshoppers. They're not stone grasshoppers. They're causing damage. Right? Most grasshoppers are not uh, so dangerous, I guess. They're kosher too. One third of the way down, that in a Shemitah cycle, one should be Masriya on trees that have not been properly saturated on years one through six, but not through seven, because the seventh year is a Shemitah year. When it comes to these cisterns, even during a Shemitah year, that would be problematic. Even for trees, we would uh, we would still um, we would still uh, be masriya for them even in a shemitah cycle because when fruits become hefker the anim could benefit from it and therefore it's not a halachic problem to daven that those should grow so that when the food falls off of it and it becomes hefker that the poor people can have uh, what to eat another brisa and a similar brisa third of the way down a little bit more very similar years one through six of a shemitah cycle we can be masriya that ilanos should have have uh, water. That went same exact thing. And Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, not only by trees, but even by Svichin. Svichin is like the aftergrowth, like after you've cleaned the field, there's always some seeds left and they grow a little something. So that little something is good food for poor people and they should be able to benefit from it. So then when those things are lacking, we should be Masriya, halfway down. Tanya, the Brysa writes, from the day that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed some 2,000 years ago, just about, Simukim became less common. Simukim is a funny word. It usually means raisins. So it means a, a shrunken version, I guess, would be the right way to look at it in its context. But it means that there's less, less rain. There's plenty. Some years there's less. Sometimes the rain comes in its right time. And let's go through all four of these and give a muscle for each one of them. What's an example of rains that come in the right time? An Evid who receives from his master, he gets his food early in the week. He gets his pay early in the week. A bag of flour, a few bags of flour, whatever it is. Then he has the opportunity to bake the bread properly and it'll cook properly. He's got plenty of time. He's got six days till Shabbos. He's got plenty of time to eat. What about a case of what is What is a case where, where the Gshamim, where the rains don't fall on time, says the Gemara, that is similar to it's the 11th hour. You're walking in 10 minutes before candlelighting and giving me a little food. I'm starving. So you quickly throw together a batch and you stick it in the oven. But says the Gemara, wasn't baked right and wasn't eaten right. Didn't have enough time. Next case, two thirds of the way down. What about a year when there's a lot of uh, rain? How do we look at that? I'm giving you your whole paycheck for the whole year and the first paycheck of the fiscal cycle. So July 1, whatever it is, you're going to get your whole paycheck. That's what the Gemara says, uh, that he gets everything. This is a very interesting concept. If you take uh, one container, let's say the container can hold five, five pounds, uh, 50 pounds of bread, and you get all 50 pounds of bread at the same time. So whatever sticks on the wall will be a very, very minuscule amount. It really won't minimize your food in a, in a great way. But instead of getting 50 pounds, you only get five pounds. So then 
what is left on the insides of the rechayim, of the grinder, of the flour, is significant. So that's what he's saying. When you get it all at once, it's a little bit better. And when you have that, what we'll find is that the dough will, again, the dough on the sides is better for uh, for larger volumes than smaller. And what is the last case? When there isn't a lot of rain, you get a little bit at a time. And when you only get a little bit at a time, the you're still going to lose a percentage of your dough and your flour on the sides of the rechaim, and that's why it's better to have larger amounts and not smaller amounts. You only have a pound of flour, you lost a tenth of the pound just in, in the grinding and things that you turn on the mixer too fast, some of the flour pops out of the of the bowl. That happens all the time. Fine. Nimtes isa. So that would not be good. You lost out on some of your food. Another possibility of what would be another case of a lot of rain? A person's making mortar. They take water and they put it with the appropriate uh, with the appropriate uh, solvent, solute, they're putting it with, uh, with uh, let's say, cement. If there's a lot of water, then you'll be able to strike the balance. You'll have plenty of water left over. And then the mortar is going to be perfectly mixed. But if you only have a small amount of water, so then you might run out of water in the process of making the mortar. That it doesn't, it doesn't do well. Last story of the day. It's fast. It's a great story. A story about the power of tefillah. And it will take us to the end of the day, halfway down approximately. We're 10 lines or so, 12 lines from the bottom of New Testament base. The rabbis teach us in a brisa. Everyone came up for Aliyah. There wasn't enough water. We'll see soon that this wasn't his name. Nakdimon ben Gurion went over Eitzel Adon Echad. He went over to uh, to a noble person, a Roman noble person, uh, and he said, "Omar, Omar, lo halveni Give me twelve of your cisterns, Maim leole regalim, so that I can give water to the people who are traveling up to Shalim. Ve'ani atain ayanos Maim, and I'll pay you back in kind, twelve for twelve. And here's the the upside for you, Mister Roman General or Roman guy. If I fail to do so, then instead of giving you twelve waters, I'll pay you back many fold its cost in silver. The Kavalozman, they decided on day X, you need to pay me back. That morning came in Shigiazman, on that day, the rain hadn't come down yet, so he had no way to pay back the 12 containers of water. The Roman guy sent the Yid, he sent to Nakdimon, you either owe me the 12 waters or you owe me the 12 bars of silver. So the day's not over yet. We made it, we said it's going to be, let's say, the 10th of the month. It's only 9 a.m. I've got until 9, 8 p.m. When the sun sets, leave me be. But so arrive in the middle of the afternoon, the the uh, the mal that a lender wanted to get back his uh, his goods. So he said, Shagarli, send me, oh my almost you have to give back to me either the water that you borrowed in kind, 12 for 12, oh, the, the 12 silver bars. Shalach lo, so the yid, nakdimon, sent back to this person, adayin yeshli shahos, by oh, I have time. Bimincha, later in the day, shalach lo, he sends them again, a third messenger. Shagar li, oh, maim, oh, most, yeshli biyarcha, give me either the water you owe me or the 12 silver bars. Shalach lo, adayin yeshli shahos, by 
So the guy made fun of him. It means he, he kind of mocked him. Omar, he says, It hasn't rained all year. Top of In the very, very last day, literally the 11th hour of the day, all of a sudden you're expecting it to rain. The sun's going to be setting soon. Uh, this guy was thrilled. He knew he was going to get his 12 silver bars and he came out the victor in this uh, in this little deal. This guy was thrilled. He goes into the bathhouse. He's going to go uh, sit in the sauna, going to be in the steam room for a little bit. All is well. While this guy was going into the bathhouse, Nakdimon went into the Beis HaMikdash to have a conversation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Nis'atev, he wrapped himself up, seemingly with a talus. What does Nis'atev mean? So he wrapped himself up, and what did he do? The Ahmad Bitfila, he stood and he davin. Omar, he said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Omar, lefana, ribono shalolam, galui viadua lefanecha, shalolichvodi asisi, bololichvod beis abba asisi. I didn't do this for my own kavod. I didn't borrow this water for my father's kavod for the name of my family. Come on, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for your children. Make it work. Miyad, instantly, niskashu shamayim be'avim v'yardu geshamim. All of a sudden, it got cloudy. The rain clouds collected and all of them got filled up. All of the collection containers got filled up. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him a little bit of extra rain. And then when the guy came out of the Beis HaMerchatz, this Roman guy, all of a sudden, Nakdimon is, uh, is chipper. Nakdimon ben Gurion Yatsami Beis HaMikdash. They crossed paths. When they bumped into one another, Omar Lo, the Yid, Nakdimon says to the Roman guy, Tamely Demei Maim, all right, give me the water that you owe me, the money that you owe me for the water. I borrowed 12 containers, 1,000 gallons each, and now they all have 1,100 gallons, so you owe me some money. So Amar Lo Yodea Anishilohiri Shakarish Barhuasalamish what a kiddish Hashem. He says the Roman guy says, I know that a Kurdish Barhu stared the whole world just for you. Ella, he says, but I talk, I have a taina. We made a deal that you pay me back on the 10th of the month. The sun just set and it's the 11th. So much as you're giving me back my containers full, that water was really mine because it was your obligation to pay me back on the 10th and not on the 11th. So you're asking me for the extra proceeds of the extra money that I gave you. It's a pashki. It's not the 10th anymore. It's the 11th. So, Nakdimon, knows he has an ace up his sleeve, and that's Hashem. So he goes back into the Beis HaMikdash. You know that people love you. Instantly the sun came out again. Unbelievable. He, he totally changed the, the solar system. So the sun came out again. Then the Roman guy said, wow, you are just next level. Had the sun not shined just now, it really should have been the case that you were not the one to get this money. And that last line that we're going to learn for today, Tana, really, his name was not Nakdimon. Lo, lo Nakdimon Shemola Buni Shemo. His name was Buni. Velama Nikra Shemo Nakdimon Sheniktera Chama Ba'avuro. That the sun shined because of him, because of his tefillah. It's a very powerful story of tefillah. We'll stop right here, halfway down, two lines into the middle with lines on Chafam and Aleph, wishing you all a beautiful night.